Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. What's up, America, the world? Uh, are you in Guam right now? Wherever you are, if you are watching this or hearing it after the fact, it is the Palazzo Podcast 2L2Z. Utah. Prospects. Give me two. Power, half hour. I'm Michael Govier. I'm your host, along with my co-host, my venerable prospect guru, the one and only, Big Jungle Band, Ben the Chase is in the house. He's ready to rock. Man, we got a lot to talk about. We took last week off. And it was yeah. right when Matt Mervis got the call and Brandon Fott made his debut, which has not gone so well so far. We'll talk about that. And now we got Yuri Perez is the big news yesterday. That got everybody yeah. fired up. So so much more going on here. So I'm so excited to do this show today. And, you know, I I put out a piece earlier on how this, on Rotoballer, and how this could be the year of the rookie pitcher as far as fantasy is concerned. Because... I mean, we've got some extremely talented pitchers who have already come up and shown fairly well. And we still have Andrew Painter, who is working his way back and very well could end up on a Phillies team that's competing. We have Ricky Tiedemann, who was recently shut down, but in spring training, he looked like he was going to maybe make the Blue Jays starting rotation. I mean, you've got Kyle Harrison, who's suddenly figured out a little bit of stuff down in double A for the... Uh, Giants, and Lord knows they would gladly take a lefty that can produce the way he can. You've got basically the top pitching prospects beyond Yuri and and, uh, Grayson are still down there, and they're mostly close. I mean, Gavin Williams is another one. If Cleveland had a spot, Gavin Williams would be up right now because he's pitching that well. Mm -hmm. This could be a really big year in a redraft league to own rookie pitchers, which is something you usually don't want to have in a redraft, but there's such quality guys coming up. I mean, you, you've seen it in the fab bidding. The folks are going absolutely ballistic for guys like Mason Miller and Bryce Miller, and, you know, all these guys, just because there's that chance. And part of it is last year, you saw Spencer Strider do what he did. 
That is not that's, typical. That was no. a unicorn. <laughs> and that's the big, big deal is you got people who are, who normally don't, don't spend like that thinking, well, crap, maybe that's what we're going to get again. And so let's go out and bid big, hoping for a strider. Well, yeah, good luck with that. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what I learned that a lot at the uh, NFBC main event. By the way, Ben, I know we're live, so I feel bad saying yep. this, but I want you to double check your settings because your mic doesn't sound the same for some reason. I hear you, but it just doesn't sound like you usually sound. So if you check your settings on StreamYard, make sure the right mic is connected. Once in a while, StreamYard here, folks. I know we're live, so this is just how it goes. This is how the sauce is made. Sometimes the settings just get reset. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not the mic I usually use. So I just want you to double check to make sure, Ben. But yeah, Spencer Strider was a special moment in time. And I learned that when I went to do the live draft at the NFBC main event, people were talking about him in such glowing terms. And I couldn't believe, I'm like, wait, Spencer Strider, is he really this good? And after I talked to a lot of people and I did some more research, even though, because what happens a lot, and everybody knows who plays fantasy baseball, pitchers who get labeled as two-pitch pitchers, some of them... It doesn't work out. A lot of times it doesn't work out because it's only two mm-hmm. avenues. But if you have, I mean, with Strider, Ben, is it because he has two very special pitches or is his fastball that good that it makes his secondary pitch, his, you know, his breaker that much better? What is it about Strider that separates him from the rest of the world? Okay, so I did I did apparently have my other Yeah, mic, there we go. So is this much better? There we go. All yeah, right. I knew it. I, I, I had, so, yeah, I, I did some reconfiguring on my desk and plugged in the, uh, the cameras that I have, I don't use all of them for this show, obviously, but I have multiple cameras attached to my system for my kids doing their stuff. And frankly, apparently one of them has enough of a microphone connected in to where that got reset as my default. Oh, well. Okay. So, uh, that's where I'm here. The trained ear. Yeah. I knew it. I'm yeah, here to help you. Enough. I wish I, I heard it before we went live, but hey, people know that we're more human now. Yeah. Well, you know, broke the fourth wall. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in reality, yeah, Spencer Strider, there was a reason why a lot of people thought he was going to be a reliever is because he was such a two guy, such a two pitch guy. And, but you're talking about a guy whose average fastball is in the upper nineties. If, I mean, there are some games when he spends most of his time triple digits. That's, not normal (laughs) you know and that's and not just that but his his fastball has incredible rise he's only six foot and that's one thing people don't get is if you're a six foot four guy throwing 100 mile an hour fastball there's some natural arch that folks are used to when you're six foot and that thing is 100 and it's coming in at your chest you have to put in a particular amount of rise in order to be able to get that ball to come in at that level which gives it a very very different look and then he's got that I guess for the Braves organization, it kind of started back with Luke Jackson Mm. brought out this like bowling ball, hard slider. And he taught it to Strider. Strider does it a little bit different. And now he's teaching it You know, the organization is teaching it to some of their other top prospects too. And we may get into one here as we go along, but that's for, for Strider. That's a big reason why he is so dominant. That's also a big reason why if he's not locating I guess even good, I mean, if, if you want to just call it good, he doesn't have to be elite, but if he's not locating well with his with those two pitches, because they're all hard, there's a very good chance that that ball flies. 
Mm, okay, that's interesting. Well, I would love to talk about you know why certain two pitch pitchers are more popular and more <laughs> productive than others, but we got a lot to cover here. There's so many oh, prospects. Yeah. Let's not get to the top. Yuri Perez is here. I just want to know, without going on uh, too long, because we know who he is. We know he's a yeah. super highly touted prospect for the Marlins. He's six foot eight. He's tall. Mm. And he pitched 77 innings basically last year. And he's making the jump from double A to Miami. And he's facing, of all teams, Cincinnati at home, which is a nice. Cincinnati has offensive firepower, but they'll miss bats. You know, they'll whiff. So there's an opportunity to take advantage of that as a nice opener at home, especially in Miami. But my question to you is this. What what is the long-term prognosis for you, in your opinion, as far as Yuri Perez being viable as a redraft pitcher this year? Because we already know everybody has him in Dynasty. That's a no-brainer. Yep. And I think right now, if you are expecting him to come up and put up huge strikeout numbers, huge... I guess if you want him to fill up your starter fantasy sheet, you're probably looking at the wrong guy. Um, Yuri kind of got underneath the tutelage of Sandy Alcantara this winter. Oh, and Sandy has been working with him significantly on, okay, you want to get to seven innings. So here's how to be efficient with your pitches. Here's how to use a pitch. That's going to get a guy to, you know, pop out on a weak pop out on the first pitch or to ground out on the second pitch or whatever. You don't have to strike out 10 a game in order to be a dominant pitcher. You can get through, you know, and Sandy knows he, he threw more innings last year than we've seen in almost a decade. Yeah. You know, so he's, if he can go along on, go along on that route, Yuri's got the ability and especially add in the six foot eight. I mean, that height, allows him to get some different angles on his ball. He can create a lot of weak contact, especially on guys that haven't seen him before. But what about what you said, Ben, about taller pitchers? Because I've always, yeah, that's burning my brain. We first had the discussion, I believe, about, I think it was Rutledge we were talking about, of the Nats a couple years ago. Very well could have been, yeah. Yeah, and you made the point about, you know, taller pitchers could be more prone to a lack of consistency with their mechanics. But it seems, what I will say is it's similar to, you know, we've talked at length also about taller hitters and how, you know, the long levers make it tough to sink and all that. But just like an Aaron Judge, when you get it synced up, it's almost always elite. If it's not synced up, it's Stephen Moya, you know? So, <laughs> that's, but just, just like that with Ugh. pitchers, there are pitchers that once they've got it synced up and they repeat that motion every time, they do. And they just, they once they've got it and they've got it in muscle memory, they can get it. But if you have to do alterations to that delivery, you've got some problems and it's going to take a longer while for that to sink and to, you know, be something that's done naturally. Perez is a guy who came in with almost a perfect delivery. Wow. And that is what is going to be huge because he is, like I said, he's so tall. He, be- I believe he was either the youngest or almost the youngest guy in double a to start this year and it was his second year in double a he was the youngest guy last year this is a guy who's you know going to be elite in getting guys out whether it's a strikeout whether it's a ground out whether it's a fight but yeah that if you're going to see him have any struggles my worry and you saw it just a little bit before he went on the uh, arm fatigue time last year is when he gets really tired, really a little bit worn down 
he gets a slight hint off in his arm slot. And that is all. That is the only thing I can say when I've watched him that I've seen that there is a chink in his armor in his consistency of his delivery. Is when he gets a little bit tired, sometimes he gets just a little bit off in where he releases. But the thing is, he's every single time he throws the ball, he's at that same arm slot. It's yeah. not like he's wavering his arm slot. It's just that it's not in his premium spot. And that changeup so. is awesome, right? Oh, yeah. That's that's the special pitch, right? Yeah, for him. And I mean, again, you're talking about a guy who I'd have to see other people's grades just to kind of see if. But well, what about in, uh, what about Fott? Because I mean, we, we're going to talk about Fott here. Yeah. Fott's changeup supposed. I mean, he got really good whiffs, even though he got ripped by Jorge Soler for two. Give me two Utah, Utah. dongs. Give me two in yeah. his last start. He got four whiffs on six swings with this changeup in his last start. And that's, I think you're going to see Fott do a lot better when he figures out what the best pitch mix is for him at the major league level. Yep. Um, I think you're going to see because of where his pitches are, I mean, you've got a essentially a double-plus fastball and a double-plus, uh, a potential double-plus changeup, for sure a plus changeup with Perez. An elite command. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he opens up the year and he is firing with, firing with a whole lot of fastball changeup and creating a lot of weak contact and probably getting some good swing and miss, but kind of figuring that out the first time through the league or the first few starts until folks get a book on him and say, okay, now we need to see your secondary, your breaking pitches in order to get us out too. Mm -hmm. And, but his fastball changeup are so good. It's a lot like Strider. Strider has other pitches, but why use them when the two are going so well? Just that he can do that. Yeah. If he can do that with fastball changeup, that might be exactly what, what Perez does. I like his I like his slider an awful lot. It's a really freaking good pitch. I think you have a good chance of seeing, if nothing else, him really working hard on those three during his first go round in the league. And it's gonna probably require some figuring out the sinking of his pitches beyond that. Mm. Okay. Well, I love it. I love what we're hearing here. Also, does that mean that you in redraft would trade for Brandon Fought right now? Depending, obviously there's context, but I'm yeah. just saying, hey, that's a guy I want to get now by low on. Essentially, is Brandon Fought a buy low at this moment? I think he's going to take a little time. Um, oh. And I, th- I think he's a guy who, Fought doesn't have a single pitch that is that uber elite double plus type of pitch. Mm. But he's got such a, good collection of pitches he throws everything fairly consistent but because of that he is susceptible to home runs yeah so i think for him it's gonna be a matter of he needs to be able to figure out how to sequence things and then he'll be able to move beyond that once he's figured out okay so my changeup really gets guys out yeah and that's there's another one's you, you're going to have some interesting things to be able to see this week because you don't have teams that necessarily beat the crap out of the ball. Mm-hmm. So the Pirates, they have some guys that are hitting home runs right now. Giants, I who who really scares you in the Giants lineup right now? I mean, that's, <sighs> you know, that's, that's the big Davis, thing. J.D. Davis, baby! Woo! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, I mean, so if he wants to figure out how to avoid that type of big contact, 
yeah, those are two pretty decent lineups to do it against. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh. it's, I think he's going to – I would watch him this week. I would not be going after him yet. I would see what the progress looks like this week because you have two lineups like that and see what he does. Damn straight. Damn straight. Listen, I wrote about this yesterday on the Palazzo Patreon. Starts with three bucks. I did a quick Yuri Perez. Hey, he's here. I wanted to jump in and give something mm-hmm. to you because you guys are so wonderful. The patrons we do have. Thank you so much. I love you so much. But I also compared Perez's minor league stats to Fought's because we've seen Fought come up and people are like, oh, God, Fought was more hyped than any pitcher and he has struggled since he's come up yeah. in two starts, folks. Two. Utah. Chill out. Give me but two. They're different human beings. Okay, they're, they're different profiles entirely. But the one thing I did look at was the, the dong, the long ball, as you just said. And fought, this is where it gets tough, Ben, because you know as well as anybody, Pacific Coast League, a lot of minor league systems now, the ball flies out of the parks. Even in the International League in Charlotte, that's one place where the ball yeah. flies out of the park. So you're like, okay, well, Brandon Fought gave up a lot of home runs in this league, but, you know, it's not the major league. So we have to somehow parse it out and figure, hmm, he seems to give up a lot of home runs, but that's a league where the ball flies out of the park. So is that what's going to happen and translate to the majors? And it's early, but maybe his fastball is hittable, a lot more hittable than we thought. Yeah, and is. as you said, the pitch mix with fought is not there where he can set hitters up. And he doesn't have a veteran savvy yet. He's a rookie, so he doesn't know how yeah. to set hitters up and then shut them down without pitches and things like that. And that's... You're talking about a guy who's got four pitches that could be considered plus or near plus. Mm-hmm. So it's just really a matter of how do you how do you set that? How do, how do you get that going? But his fastball is barely plus. And that's you're not talking about like Perez has an elite fastball that could generate a ton of ground balls. Fox is a good fastball in velocity, what yeah. you'd want velocity wise. But there's not a whole lot of wiggle to it. It's not like a, holy crap, this thing is coming at like a bowling <laughs> ball and I'm never going to be able to elevate it. He's, you know, it's 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 a good fastball, you know, and but it's not that. It's not that same level. And um, I was going to, yeah, I did pull this up. Um, so far, you know, these pitch values that Fangraphs has on stuff. Mm-hmm. His fastball is a negative 3.8. His changeup is a negative 3.4. That's 100% sequencing. I mean, it Mm. absolutely is. Because between those two pitches, I mean, that's 70% of his pitches right there. He's thrown almost 60% fastballs. And I'm sorry, for him to be at his most effective, he cannot be a 60% fastball pitcher. That's not Uh. where he's going to be great. Okay. He's going to be a really good pitcher when he spreads that across, throwing 20 to 30% sliders, 20 to 30% changeups, mixing in another 10% curves. And then, yeah, you're going to be a dominant fastball overall, but not going to be a 60% fastball guy. That's that's not the route to success for five. Okay. That's fair. That's totally fair. It's good stuff. Guys. You guys are killing it live chat. I got to give you guys some more credit. I'm showing the pitch values that Ben was just talking about on fan graphs. You guys go look at that further. Let's go back in time real quick. Uh, we've got, what about Tommy Henry? I don't know what you mean there, Anthony. Like what about him? Uh, he's an, we've already clarified this. He's a swingman guy. He'll hang around. He's nothing special. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, 
do I think he's going to stay in the majors more than longer than five? Very possibly. Simply because he could be moved into, like you said, a long man role. Could Henry you know, outscore him this year, though? Is that possible? Could Tommy Henry outscore Brandon Fought this year in fantasy? My only way that that would happen is if Fott ends up having some, continues to have issues with the long ball and is sent back down to AAA for a lot of the rest of the year to work on a particular sequencing thing or whatever, to work on something to where he's not back up until late August. Mm -hmm. Then maybe, yeah, because Henry's going to probably be up for good now. But I, it's the role that Henry's going to be in is likely to be that fifth starter slash long reliever. Thank you. Exactly. So it depends how deep your league is, Anthony. There's some more context there, but I mean, it's, it's technically possible. Uh, Chad said something in the chat earlier, Ben, just quick answer. Yes or no. Is it possible fought gets sent down if he struggles next week? I, I mean, it's always possible, but what do you lean towards? Everything is possible. I, I kind of thought they probably would not bring him up unless they're going to let him be a, at least give him five starts, but we're what two into it. And so if he has another two step, that's rough this coming week, I mean, you might be looking at, okay, now he's gotten four of those five that I thought for sure he would get. And if they're just so bad that you know, he doesn't really deserve that fifth one before we make our decision, you know, that might be what they have to do. Cause Right now, you you also have to figure that Arizona doesn't want to, if they have any hopes at all of competing. The three which, games over 500. You know, I was just going to say, right now, they're in second place, and they are absolutely in the playoffs right now. Yeah. In but a tough division, sort of. In a tough division, you know. Top and heavy. that's just it. Yeah. But still, you know, they've got, what, two games on the Padres now with the Padres lost today. So, I mean, they're they're up significantly or doing significantly well anyway to start the year if they have thoughts of being a a potential playoff team they can't keep running out a guy that they know is struggling and not quite there and yes. so that's i mean they, they just got rid of madison bumgarner they exactly they a crap ton of money to get rid of him and it wasn't just because they had the guys behind him Thank you. See, look. Oh, by the way, Peter's here. This is Locked On Marlins, also known as Peter Pratt, my British fantasy baseball brother. Please follow <laughs> Locked On Marlins and follow Peter Pratt on Twitter. He is awesome. He's a great dude. And yes, it is Yuri season, so I know Peter's he is creaming his pants right now. He's a happy guy. <laughs> it's an exciting time to be a Marlins fan at this moment. And the Marlins, like the D-backs, are in contention right now. They are. Things change. It's yeah. May 11th, Ben. But you also have to think about what the context of the leaders of the team are Tori Labolo, manager of the Diamondbacks. He's been there a while. He's kind of on a hot seat, really, I would think, even though they're young, but he's been there a minute. And so you have to think about the organizational structure of the front office and the manager. Are they more inclined to rush things because they're going to get desperate? That always matters. So dive into the local beat writers, which is always the best way to do it. Hey, what's yep. going on locally with the team? Is the pressure mounting? Uh, you could throw on these days, Ben. Think about when we were younger. When we were kids in the 90s, we only got to listen to the local sports radio, essentially. Now, you could listen to any market's local sports yeah. radio station in the country on the internet anytime. So it's a, it's hard to do. It's it's, it's not like, I can, yeah. all right, today I'm going to listen to New York, Atlanta, Detroit, L.A. I can't do it all in one day. I get that. But you do have those opportunities. Yeah. 
And I mean, how many people heard that Chicago White Sox fans rant? Yes, exactly. I mean, that, that's been like a huge thing that everyone has heard that was on local radio. It wasn't yeah. like he called into a Baseball Tonight podcast show or something that's on ESPN. No, he, he called into the local sports talk. That's and right. It's everywhere. So. Yeah, I put it in my article. I had to. I was really representative of how pissed Sox fans were. But yet, I also said they weren't as bad as they were playing, and they've played a little bit, a little better recently. I know Lance Lynn got torched last night, but we got so much more to cover here. We got to move. Yeah. Ben, <laughs> let's talk about some of these fellers here. You know, Matt Mervis got called up. We missed. We yeah. weren't here last week for that. We he actually got called up the next day when we would have done the show. It's an exciting time. Matt Mervis is here. Yay! Woohoo! Uh, what do you want to add about Matt Mervis? I, I mean, you're starting, you're seeing right off the bat some of the issues that any hitter is going to have with the adjustment to major league pitching. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, I mean, we heard in our conversation with uh, Justin Henry last year, Justin Henry Malloy was telling us how talking to his buddies that are up in the majors, they're talking about how they don't, they haven't seen a middle, middle pitch in weeks. <laughs> and he was making the comment that it was, so rare for him to see a pitch in the good hitting zone just at double a but that move up to you know that pitch that straight pitch middle middle doesn't exist and not saying that that's all Mervis has feasted on but he's definitely you know that's something that you make a mistake to him he could punish it and he showed in his first game he got an rbi he's a he's got a strong overall swing i think he's gonna be okay yeah but it might take him a few few bits to just kind of get used to hey not every bullpen in triple a pumps out four guys throwing 98 that's just but every major league team has that which is that's a huge adjustment oh you're right absolutely right about that if you thought mervis is going to come up be your savior and redraft and if you're in a 15 team league and you're in a hunt if you're in a 12 team league mervis could be droppable for real. I really mean that. It could end up yeah. going that way. That uh, could be the reality. But you know, there's oh, oh boy. Well, uh, Christian said, "Did I miss the Yuri talk?" Yes, you did. Sorry, brother. You're, make sure you follow Christian on Twitter. By the way, I wanted to put up his Twitter handle because he's just really locked in. He knows what's going on. He's an excellent follow for prospects and just baseball stuff overall. So there's his Twitter handle at c. C-R-E-S underscore too far. C-C-R-E-S underscore too far. Follow my man, Christian. He's also at our Discord, which is totally free at all times. But Ben, uh, people want to start to talk about C-E-S. Will C-E-S get the roster spot? Because looks like T.J. Fradel is headed to the I.L. for the Reds. Now, there's a bunch of Reds you could throw in the mix here. I mean, yeah. regardless of who plays where, Matt McClain... Christian and Carnacio Strand. These are two guys that are playing really well. And they ha- both had, what, monster games recently in one night for the yeah. Louisville Bats last week or so, about 10 days ago. Yeah. What do, you th- uh, what do you think here? What's the – assess the possible Reds, even if it doesn't happen right now, but current Reds prospects that are on the break. I, For me, watching Matt McLean this year has been an absolute revelation for him. He was a guy who he tried too hard to get into power last year. And it really, really hurt his contact. But, boy, he has really evened out his consistency of his swing. He was mm-hmm. so often, he was kind of getting back, and he started, when he started looking fastball, he would arch that swing to, I need to power the crap out of this thing. And he's not got that level of power. 
Mm. But he did a really nice job <clears throat> this year now attacking the ball more consistently through the zone. And he's got enough power that when he gets that and gets it right, the ball jumps. And so he's going to drive a lot of things more into the gap. He's got easy plus speed, if not a little, I mean, bordering on plus plus speed. And you're talking to a guy who down the road can be, I would say probably a 15 home run guy and a 30 steel guy, but he's going to hit for decent average with the consistent swing. Whereas last year you were a little worried that you might be looking at a guy who hits 240 or 230. Mm-hmm. And I think at least you're going to probably be getting a 270 plus sort of guy who can get on base. I mean, really what you used to really like having in the two hole of a lineup, a Ray Durham type of guy, uh, you know, someone like that who just got on base, had a, just enough power, could really run the bases. That's that's who McLean really is. Now, Encarnacion Strand just came back recently from injury. But he's shown right off the bat the power is legit. It's a, it's a holy sh- power. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also got some pretty big holes in his swing. And that's going to be, when you get to the majors, that's going to be exploited like nobody else. You know? hey, and so cue the uh, Aristides Aquino bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's just it is he absolutely could come up and crush baseballs for a month, but then what? Um, and that's going to be the big thing for him is where, what is he, how does he take that next step? And yeah, that's, that's going to be another big factor for the Reds. It's just what Christian was saying is that positional flexibility. If they're losing Friedel and you know, they've got Nixon Zell up and he's playing. Okay. They've yeah. got, you know, some of these other guys that are filling into spots they just might need someone who can play a little second, a little short, a little third, and some outfield too. And that's absolutely McLean, not Encarnacion Strand. Yep. Uh, Anthony says, McLean not coming up because of Super 2, more like Stupid 2. Ah, that's yeah. a good one. I can't believe I've never yeah. used that before, Anthony. I'm going to let you <clears throat> trademark that and copyright it. Also, Donovan says... Yuri in luck. Well, you guys are really on fire with the wordplay today. You can catch it in podcast form or on YouTube after the show. That's right, Donovan. You read my mind. This show is always available literally any moment in any part of the world, I would think, unless you don't have American YouTube. Apparently, there's different country YouTubes, by the way, because when I go to Canada and stay with Leanne, I'm on Canadian YouTube, and it is different. It's weird. It's it's just a little subtleties, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Going back to... I could talk about the Reds all day because I think the Reds have yeah. a lot of fun players. The Reds to me they are like do. a, uh, yeah, like like uh, Spencer Steers heating up right now. He's starting to crank more dongs. And there's going to yeah. be a lot more home runs coming from that team. But I see the Reds as kind of like a D-backs. There's a lot of young talent that they're behind. They're not where the D-backs are, but they could head that way. Um, let's cut it to some other players, though, that we wanted to discuss. What else? How about, uh, how about Mr. Schmidt, Casey Schmidt? Uh, Luis Ortiz yeah. made his debut this week for the season. Uh, what about some other players we wanted to mention? Well... Casey Schmidt, in all seriousness, for fantasy this year, stay away. Um, I really like him. I mean, defensively, he is going to be a huge upgrade for them, no matter if he's playing short or third. He's he's an elite defender. But he's had some difficulty adjusting once he's gotten up to the upper levels, but the defense is so stinking good that he's able to move up. And keep moving up. And I I would just kind of hold off on making him a fantasy 
focus right now because he's he's an excellent overall ball player. I just don't know that he's going to be helping your fantasy team that much this year. Casey Schmidt, not exciting for Mr. Benjamin Chase. Yeah. Christian's just saying Dalton rushing exclamation point. I don't know if this means something's he's, happening or he just loves him, but he is. I mean, Dalton has just been amazing this year. He's, I think he's walking at like a 30% rate. Um, now, granted, he's also striking out at about the exact same rate. But, I mean, when you're walking that darn much, and when he does actually swing at a pitch, he's beating the crap out of it. So, you know, you have <clears> – <throat> offensively, he's really, really, really fun. Um, I don't know where he fits defensively long-term, though. So, it years old, still at high A right now, so he has work to do. But you're right, he is – 23.5% walk rate in 119 plate appearances so far. That's that's pretty good. That's 28 walks to 29 Ks. You love to see a ratio like that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and that's just it. I mean, it's not absurd Ks, but it's been pretty much even all year. He's just, he's walking a ton, but it seems like he, he gets a walk, he gets a strikeout. It's been kind of his modus operandi this year. But Yeah. So... Oh, man, that's exciting. Uh, okay, so Casey Schmidt's a no-go for you this year. I love hearing bottom lines like that. Uh, I yeah. love Luis Ortiz. I think he's incredible. I think he's better than Ron C. Contreras, actually. That's my opinion. Uh, what, what do you think about Luis Ortiz? Obviously, he's talented, but how does he fit in? I mean, by in raw stuff, he might be the best. I mean, you could make an argument with him and Ke- Keller, the way that Keller is now using his stuff Ooh. as to who the better stuff between him and Mitch Keller, but I, I think Ortiz has the better raw stuff. I couldn't believe he only and, had one strikeout in his start against the Rockies. I couldn't believe that. I don't know how that happens. I mean, it was his first start of the year in the bigs. He was called up last year. He had a cup of coffee, so he wasn't totally paranoid or terrified, I would think, but the Rockies uh, did not miss bats, which i surprised they didn't miss the ball that much. They One thing to note, um, Christian, one of Christian's... Uh, I guess employers, if you want to call it that, is uh, Just Baseball. Their podcast, uh, the call-up, was one of the hosts is actually the Indianapolis broadcaster. Really? And so he was talking about uh, what Ortiz has done this year, and he made the comment that Ortiz has focused a lot more on getting outs, getting through innings. And mm. so that's, you can see it a little bit this year already. He's, 29 strikeouts and 32 innings in the minors. Mm-hmm. And he's always been a guy who was more than a strikeout per inning. So <clears throat> little, you know, little difference there. And, and it's something that right away that first start of the year you saw, I, I think it's going to be fun to, I think it's going to be fun to watch how he uses that going forward because that raw stuff, but also working to get extra length out of it. That could be a fun combo for pittsburgh yeah jack. there we go jack mcmullen there we go christian clarifies it because christian does work at just baseball i just told you to follow my twitter so you can get all christian stuff plus you get christian inside our discord you can ask him questions I'm telling you this guy is so underrated christian should be a superstar in the prospects dynasty baseball period just all baseball world regardless chad says someone hold me chapman blew a bad one today <laughs> classic yeah. uh uncle ted says dane dunning is dope as fuck really well that's debatable he's, uh, he's been better or solid since he moved into the rotation i i've i've had to start him more than once and 
I haven't been hurt by it, so I'll take that. <laughs> Uncle Ted also says, JP France is a must-add in all caps. I love that. I love the intensity there. And happy El Presidente Day. Tomorrow in Miami, wearing the teals. Ooh. What is El... Yeah. Oh, El Presidente. You guys are crushing it with the wordplay today. Where did this come from? I knew you guys were talented, but everybody in the live chat should have their own article now, obviously. Uh, we got Royce Lewis sighting. He's on the men. Yeah. He's going to... Now, okay, this really bummed me out, really made me sad that Jose Miranda got sat down. I yeah. understand why Jose Miranda was sent down by the twins here, but now... Royce Lewis exclusively focusing on short and third, right? No outfield. No outfield this time. Right now, yep. So, and that's. And he's. It looks like he's going to be ready to go at the end of the month, but the latest, right? That's kind of what the idea is. I mean, they officially started his rehab clock. So, if he's not ready, I mean, we saw this with Kirilov. Kirilov needed about another week after his rehab clock was done. And he's hit tremendously well since he came back up. Mm -hmm. but, I'm surprised. I'm impressed, but I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, not a lot of power yet, but hey, he's making contact. He's getting on base. The Twins need some of that. So They do. Uh, but Royce Lewis is really going to be very interesting to watch because if he's got the, the speed back to his game, that's an element that right now, I know we, we talked about it earlier, earlier that the, uh, or I think it might have been actually on the uh, Discord that we were talking about how the Twins weren't using a lot of stolen bases just because that wasn't in there. They, they had the numbers that said that that's still, even with the changes, that wasn't a good strategy. Yeah. Except that ever since they made that comment, they've been stealing more. Buxton went <laughs> from zero steals to now he has a couple of them, you know, and he's actually, they're pushing the envelope a little bit with everybody in the lineup. Bringing Lewis's top level speed in there would be very, very interesting to see how that works with that offense. Because for all I liked about Jose Miranda, you know, and, you know, especially his cousin, uh, but for all I liked about him, there's a lot of that player on the Twins roster right now, as far as a hitter is concerned. Mm -hmm. Same thing when they sent down Trevor Larnock, when they sent down Matt Walner, boy, it disappointed me. I like those guys, but they've got a lot of that hitter in the lineup right now. Yeah. You know what, Ben? You know what? The, I want to say this. That reminds me that there seems to be several gluts on several teams. It's really weird. The Twins are an yeah. example. So, the Twins are just loaded with positional players now. I mean, Eduardo Julian now is a complete afterthought. It's like he's way down yeah. now. It, and that sucks. And he, it was, he had a great offseason, and he's going to be a good player. But you think about the Twins. You think about the Orioles. They got a billion outfielders. They need to, mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to use all these guys. You want to have as much depth as. You can, I understand. Then you got St. Louis with their crunch. There's a lot of weird gluts here, and I just, I would like to see some trades here before the trade deadline. It seems like there's some teams that could benefit one another, but it's so competitive in baseball these days, outside of Oakland, I would say, that <laughs> I think it's tougher for these teams to make these moves because they, it does seem like there's a chance more than ever because of the playoff structure now. It's easier to get in. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. 
You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three, two, one. With the additional coverage we have, this has come up. I believe, um, Ken Rosenthal was on a, a podcast I was listening to, and he made a comment that, boy, you, you've actually heard this from people in the game, that the constant coverage that's out there makes them a little more hesitant to take that risky move. Wow. And, I mean, think about it. We're, you know, we've talked about Encarnacion, Strand, and Steer. They were both part of a deal that also sent a pretty solid pitching prospect to the Reds for Tyler Molly, who this week was announced he's going under the knife. Now, if you're the Twins and you're trying to get to the playoffs, you make that trade every day, and especially with the depth they have in corner infield type prospects, you make that trade every day. But looking at the total overall trade right now, doesn't look very good for the Twins. You know, it it looks like they went out and they took a risky move and it could come back and bite them in the butt long-term. People are afraid to make those kind of moves. Now, the Twins have a really good setup there where I think their owner loves the way that they have Falvey and Levine set up. I don't see that as really a risky move for them because they've got job security. But think about a guy, think about the Cardinals right now. The All the heat they have, would you really want to take someone from that outfield mix and make a trade to improve your rotation because that rotation needs help big time help but mm-hmm. can you really make a risky move by going out and getting somebody who because right now anyone who's an established starter is not moving so you're going out and you're going after a risky guy and that's nobody wants to take that move nobody wants to i mean lance lynn would very likely be available do you think St. Louis really wants to take the risk of is Lance Lynn going to get better? I can't <laughs> imagine that they do, you know, and that's the type of guy right now that you could probably go out and make a, a trade for. But I just don't see that they're going to make any deals like that. This guy right here, Liberator. Let's see it already. Come on, bring him uh, up. What are we waiting for? Wow. You I, guys I, are on fire in the live chat. This is crazy. Look at this. Christian says Louis Varlin season, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro yeah. Louis Varlin. I like what I'm seeing. That breaker is nasty. Then we've got Jamie says, give us a deep flyer in deeper leagues that could do it all on any team. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so, it's pretty broad, Jamie. I, I'm going to say that's tough to answer. Do it all. No, but, uh, if you don't have Sterling Thompson owned in your league, you should be getting him owned in your league. The Rockies uh, player. I, I don't honestly know where he's going to play defensively, but he's not going to be a bad defender. And right now he's leading in the minor leagues and batting average. Very, very good bat to ball skills. Sterling I think you, Thompson? Sterling. Sterling. Oh, okay. Lin, L-I-N. Yep. Oh, wow. And he is, I, I think there are batting titles in his future playing if he if he gets all the way up and he's playing in colorado he is going to tours yeah he, he's going to be a guy you know you've seen guys like morneau and kadire and these type of guys go to colorado and win batting titles mm. you know dj lemayhew that's a very similar profile to what dj lemayhew does well is what sterling thompson does well and Ooh. so if you want it he's a little bit of a deeper cut right now but that's one you want 
High A, 21 years old, six foot four, 200 pounds. Right now at High A and 78 plate appearances, he's got three dongs, five steals, and uh, not, I mean, a 7% K rate. Wow. That's, yeah, that's they unusual. Back to ball is absolutely incredible Incredible with him. He is, he's, <laughs> he's, he's fun to watch. Yeah, 463. I know it's only 78 plate appearances, but he's hitting 463 with a 233 WRC plus. That's Sterling Thompson. That's a DNA. I'm going to write that down. That's why this show rules, folks. You're not going to hear about Sterling Thompson elsewhere. But on other shows, right here on the Plus of Podcast, is different. We're not other shows. Utah. Two else, two Z's. Give me two. But there are other shows out there, and Paul Spores on a show. He said, Blade. Talk it up, Blade. How do we feel about JJ Blade, the once promised future king? of the Marlins, and now he's in Oakland playing with Estuary Ruiz. And, and Brent Rooker, by the way, Ben, Brent Rooker, I am in on it. It is it is a true change here where he has made the decision to pull the hell out of the ball, crank dongs, and with no shift, it's paying off. And I like that. I, I, I got to say, Brent was one of the best Twitter follows for, for a long, long time. Oh, and really? I loved him when he was in the twins organization because he was coming up and he would, he would flat out talk with you as you, if you're making a comment about the twins, he would get back and forth with you, which was awesome. I loved that. And he's also not afraid to say his position on stuff. And that's always a good thing too. But yeah, <laughs> I, I always thought that he had too much talent, raw talent to be struggling the way he was. And I, so this to me makes sense. The what he's doing right now makes sense because he's got he's always had that kind of talent. This is a guy who his senior year of uh, or his uh, draft year of college very feasibly could have been a 2020 guy and that doesn't happen in college all that often. Mm. I mean, he's just he's a really really been a really really elite hitter and moved extremely fast he was in double a played double a his entire first full season and whether maybe they pushed him too hard in the twins org at that time i don't know but he's he's a really good guy that you want to see good things happen for because of you know he may not be the he's he's just he's one of those guys who he's willing to interact he's willing to be open about his game i like that you need those things. So <laughs> you can't maintain a 21% barrel rate most likely, but no. he's still very, <clears throat> he's still doing something that shows me tangible change, actual outcome, positive results. I dig it a lot. Uh, what about Blade though? Blade is so post hype now. Is it something that changed here or is it just, he got more opportunity because he never got a lot of opportunity to play in the bigs for Miami. He really didn't. No. But at the same time, he has been striking out like nobody's business until this year. And now I don't, I wish I could tell you, I have not, I'll, I'll be honest. I've not put a ton of eyes on him this year to okay. see it, but just in the minor leagues, he has, he had a 20 to 15 walk to strike out. He was walking more than he was striking out. That is such a huge freaking thing for JJ Blade, who is, honestly had big issues with the dip in his swing and he's always just been kind of been golfing from the ground trying to get art you know trying to get launch angle and just he's he's got a better 
from what I've seen in the majors, he's got a better approach and a better overall swing so far. And you take that all day. Yes. I don't know if I'm buying him keeping that up all year, but it's he's doing it right right now. And if you want to ride a heater, that's a good heater to ride right now because he's making changes that if he sticks with them, the raw talent is there to where he could be a huge power boon for you. Yeah, that's a real change in the minor leagues at AAA this year, and now he's showing it in the bigs. Stay tuned, see how it goes, because teams will adjust, but... He's definitely probably worth picking up at least in 14 teamers and deeper. Definitely a guy worth adding. Unfortunately, now he's only outfield eligible in most leagues. He used to be, once upon a time, was a shortstop, right? So now he's just outfield eligible, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, yeah, you can't win them all. Uh, So many more comments. You guys crushed it here. What about this? Let's talk about more prospects. Ben Brown is gross. Ronan Kopp will be the next best Dodgers prospect arm. Emerson Hancock of the Mariners is back. All three of those guys, any of those jump out to you? Cop, Brown, ben, or Hancock? Brown has moved up to AAA, and I'm going to have to – I'd have to take a look at it, but his first start was not indicative that he was completely a mirage of the Southern League. Um, you know, that the Southern League is using that tacky ball, yeah. and so it gives the pitchers a different grip, a different – they can do more spin with it. Um, and – yeah, Brown has now made two starts in AAA, and he's actually striking out more hitters than he was in AA. But what's big to note, the big thing that's always held back Ben Brown, I've always loved his raw stuff, but he's always had trouble locating the ball. And he was walking guys less than 8% of the time in AA to start this year. That's already bumped up to almost 12% in two starts in AAA. And that could be something to watch. But the raw stuff is, it's at least a really, really good reliever. Um, (laughs) But, yes, I mean, that's always been kind of the thing is this guy could be just an elite closer type guy. But I really like him. He's, if he had a change, he would be unbelievable. But he's a fastball and two breakers. And those type of guys a lot of times end up really dominant relievers rather than good starters. So Uncle Ted says Bobby Miller's the Dodgers' best prospect pitcher. Well, he's the one who's probably next to come to the majors. I, I, I mean, I can't say whether he's the best because God, they just I think most orgs would like to have the Dodgers' seventeenth best picture pitcher right now. Just <laughs> it's just the way they grow them. It's just Yo, ridiculous. Dude. Ben, you're totally right about that. Ben, Mason Miller's officially on the IL now with forum tightness. This was the risk. I said it here. Yeah. I've said it on the other shows. I said it in the Discord. I said it on Twitter. Yes, I don't want to spend a lot of money on him because of the risk. He could get a lot of Ks, but how much are we getting out of him? It wasn't about his talent at all. It was just about how many innings will I get out of Mason Miller and what we got. Uh, I don't know. We got 15, 20, less than that. But I, I mentioned this also in the Discord. How possible or is this possible a thing possibly a thing that you knew was coming (laughs) Um, you knew he was he was not not so much the injury but he had to be limited on his innings the guy's barely pitched at all in the last year and a half two years so at some point he was likely going to get some breaks going to skip some starts things like that to kind of manage his innings yeah this very well they could say hey you got just a little tinge Take some time. 
ease off a bit. Take take a few weeks, maybe take a month. We'll see you back, you know, mid-June, and maybe he's firing some fastballs. He does it for two months, and they say, hey, you know what? You've done what you need to do. Our yeah. team is on pace to lose 120. How about you take the month of September off? And that's very likely what you were going to get out of Mason Miller this year. And anyone who told you different was telling you <laughs> So yeah, they had no idea. They did not know. I didn't know he would get hurt, but I just knew that yeah. we're going to have less innings than projected, most likely. It's just something we know. We watch this game for a long time. You figure it out. It's not, and I'm not special. Everybody could figure that out. Ben knew it. Everybody paying attention to Oakland probably knew that. What about this, though? Evan Carter, according to Uncle Ted, is coming soon for the Rangers, and he is a stud. Well, the last part of that is absolutely true. I've, I'm getting on board. I won't say I'm fully on board, but I'm getting on board with Evan Carter as a top 10 prospect in the game. Um, he Ooh. is elite. And it's just funny because when his name was called in 2020 out of high school in the draft, people thought Texas was freaking crazy. So um, he is a stud. But, I mean, they really, if you look at Texas, they've, they're going to have spots. I mean, but... They've also had some positive results from guys like Ezekiel Duran coming up. And where does he play once Seeger comes back? So another you know, team and, with a lot of positional guys who could yeah. play several positions, Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran. So that's another team. Yeah. And Carter is absolutely an outfielder, but is there going to be an outfield spot for him? Because I don't think you bring him up to DH. Ooh, why not? And Dur- Duran is a, well, I mean, he's just, he's he's a really good fielder it oh. makes it doesn't make a lot of sense to bring up a guy who's a good outfield fielder just to have him swing the bat which and he could do but it's just those things are connected those things are connected yeah. right like you you said this preseason that you were concerned about gunner henderson's change of position and it might mm-hmm. impact his offense and looks like it did it has and he's one who's he's always been a guy who beat the crap out of the ball into the ground. And he's doing a lot more of that this year. And so far, one of the downfalls of the, uh, of the shift no longer being there is that he's just pounding the ball into the ground. And there's a guy right there to grab it. Whereas before (laughs) he would pound the ball into the ground and they'd be shifted and he'd be able to get the ball through when he pounded it into the ground, if, especially when he went to the right side. Uh, but yep. it's, it's just not happening for him anymore, you know, because there's a defender right there. And so no matter where he hits it on the ground, it seems like there's a defender who can make that play. And that's just not going to work for him as far as the batting average is concerned. And he's working on his swing. Yep. That's it. He's had, if I, I, it's been a week since I looked at this, but at the time he was on something like a three, four, five for the last, 14 days the last time I looked at it. Mm. So he's been making some strides. And I mean, yeah, 241 Babip this year. That's a guy who's hitting the ball into the ground and he's a lot better hitter than that. You know that that's, he gets that more into a 300 range. You know, yeah, that still doesn't bump him up a ton batting average wise, but he starts to look a lot better. Plus he's he's got a 340. Who is he? What's that? Who is he? Gunner. 
Just want to make sure. Sometimes we do. It's my, sorry, we do oh, podcasts. Sorry. Sometimes we say he a lot, and someone jumps nah. in like, "Who are we talking about?" It's no big deal. Again, I shouldn't have said anything. I'm just no, a dick. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Because no, I get into that too much. But yeah, Gunnar Henderson, three forty four on base this year. So yeah, he hasn't been hitting great, but he's still getting on base, and he's still he's working counts. I'm not terribly concerned yet. And I know that a lot of people are not liking this. Understand, he's got a 94 WRC plus. He's just barely below average, and he's hitting 175. Wow! <laughs> like, if he if he can get some more luck, get that thing back up, he's easily he quickly moves over 100 WRC plus, and then he can make progress from there. That says a lot. That really does. I, people might dismiss that, but I agree with you. I'm with you all the way. Jamie says Josh Young. Will he be a high draft pick next year? You're damn right he will be. That's another guy who's in yeah. the mix who's clearly one of the Rangers' centerpieces now. And he always was. He just got dismissed because he missed all of last year due to injury, which dinged his ADP, which was ridiculous. I should have drafted him a lot more. I don't know why I didn't. I got him in two leagues out of 20, but he's awesome. Yeah, and I'll say he's going to be a guy who I, I thought he was going to be a guy that took a year, but he's really come out and done well. And to their credit, the Rangers put him in a great spot. He's been batting fifth or sixth all year. So he's in a good spot in the lineup where it's like, okay, we don't need you to come in and immediately be the guy. Yeah. But we've got a deep enough lineup to where you come in and you be one of the guys. That's okay. And that's, I mean, he slotted in kind of right behind Adolis Garcia this year. And so, I mean, he's kind of had a nice spot to kind of just, ease his way into the league and that there, there there's a lot to be said for that for players hell yeah there is he got his debut last year he's also 25 years old by the way so he's not he's not that young he's ready to yeah. go yeah yeah he he missed a little bit of time because of injuries otherwise he would have been up a long time ago so hey i love yeah. jonah heim uncle ted uncle yeah. ted says jonah oh, heim God. is the best al catcher i love jonah heim chad knows this i think chad apologized to me because uh he disrespected jonah heim when I was hyping him in the preseason, right, Chad? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Uh, oh, skip the skip me, Govia, your new name. Skip me, Govia, your new name. What does that mean? I think because that? he's putting a lot of comments in there, and you're not putting out his. No, I was. I swear, Anthony, I was just going to do this one. I have. To, it has to all flow, Anthony. I love you. Is Junior Caminero going to be next year's number one prospect? This is Anthony. Junior Caminero. Yeah, I. I don't think so. I. There's. Junior's having a great year. The power is absolutely legit. I don't know where he plays, for one. Um, the transition to third for him has not gone well so far. He looks ugly at third. Um, not not commenting on the man's looks. Let's just be honest here. Oh, but, uh, yeah. his, his ability to play the, bay, the, the field is just not great. And he's walking just over 5% of the time. Mm. And, yeah, he's crushing baseballs, but... He's doing that in A-ball. What's it going to look like when he gets up to double-A? You know, like we said, there's that big jump at double-A and then another great big jump when you get to the majors. Double-A pitchers are going to eat up a guy that's not taking walks. And mind you, his double-A ballpark is in the Southern League. So he's going to be facing all these guys that are spinning the ball extra. So... That's just, there's a whole nother thing. If he does end up at, I mean, granted, he's 19 years old. That's what he's doing in high A 
is absolutely notable. And we're talking about a top 15, 20 prospect in the game, not debating any of that, but not a number one. Okay. That's fair. There's a, if you're number two, it's still great. So it's yeah. really just a silly, su- superfluous yeah. comment in the end. Yeah. It's in heck, yeah. if you're number 20, you're, you're freaking elite yeah. as far as talent goes. Exactly. In all of the minor leagues, you know, so. The guy's 19. He's clearly talented. A question of what he will become. That's what we do here. You're right. That's what we ask Ben. That's what we talk about. We try to do the best we can here at the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's. Utah. Two Z's. Give me two. Follow Ben on Twitter at Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govier, of course. And the Discord is really, Twitter followers are nice, but the Discord is where you can really connect one-to-one. Totally free. You can ask all the questions of the world. We'll try to do our best to answer them. Uh, Heim will DH, says Uncle Ted one day. Okay, that's fine. Maybe he sucks as a catcher. Jonah Heim doesn't work out. That's fine. I don't care. I'll take the bat <laughs> all day long. Uh, final commentary. Oh, here it is again. Jackson Holiday going to be sorry. Wait, number one. Sorry, Ben. Jackson Holiday will be number one. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. In fact, he might be right now. I mean, what he has done this year, there's a difference there. What he has done in high A, what he has done in A ball this year, coming out as a just out of high school kid, is so mature for a guy with that little experience that it's absolutely notable. And he already was one of the elite players in the game and he's taking it to another level right now. So oh. that's one to definitely watch. All right. Quick speed round. Then we got to go. Cause I've, I basically made this an hour show. Cause there was so much to talk about. You guys were so interactive in the live chat. I cannot refuse you guys. I never can. We love, we love that. Keep it coming. Makes the show better. So Francisco Alvarez is good now. Yeah, he's good, and he's going to have plenty of opportunity. Omar Nevarez was just put on the 60-day DL, and they don't have another guy like that should take time away from Alvarez. So he's going to get lots of at-bats with the Mets, and he's been really hitting well lately. So if if you didn't get him by now, you probably missed your shot. Mm. Out about... Oh, holiday real quick. Holiday up in 2024 next year? Is that possible? I I could absolutely see it, but it's going to be a matter of how they construct the team because they have guys like Jordan Westberg who's hitting well. <laughs> I mean, they brought up Joey Ortiz, who's an elite defender. There's going to be a lot of kind of – they've got – I mean, you mentioned their outfield depth. They've got plenty of infield depth too. They're really deep all over they, – they've constructed a tremendous farm system. Connor and Norby. So, I mean, they're just yeah. everywhere. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely so. right about that. Baltimore has done a tremendous job over the last five, seven years. They're in a big way. There was one question about Ellie De La Cruz that Anthony asked earlier. I'm so sorry, Anthony. I did not mean to skip you over. But as Uncle Ted says, Ellie De La Cruz of the Reds is a super stash in all caps. Yep. Ellie De La Cruz, I, I, is he going to play in the majors this year, Ben? It, according to you, what's your best guess on Ellie De La Cruz of the Reds? He's was demoted, right, from AAA to AA. I don't know if it's a demotion, but he did go down this year. I, well, no, he he had earned his way to Double A, but I think he had come up for like an end of year, quick, show me you can do it sort of thing last year with the Reds, and so because the Triple A season last year went like two weeks longer than everything else, okay, and so he was brought up for like the late season run in Triple A. Yeah, 17 games in AAA. Or, uh, no, not even, no, he didn't get to AAA in the regular season last year. I guess if he ended up there, I don't know. But he is in AAA this year. The biggest worry I have there is you're talking about a guy who's not walking much. 
it's a 5% walk rate again. Um, but I don't, he is hitting the ball. Okay. Here's a, the, everyone has made this comp and he's starting to really show it. This is O'Neill Cruz. This is that kind of a guy. He's not as tall as O'Neill Cruz, but he is that type of a guy. Hits the ball like nobody's business. Throws the ball really freaking hard. Yeah. He's setting but, all kind of stat casts. Uh, now oh, the yeah. Hawkeye system is at AAA. The Hawkeye system is how we get all our stat cast stuff. They're getting information on him, and he's constantly hitting the high end of his throws. And I, I don't know why I said Ellie De La Cruz got demoted. That was my fault. I don't, I don't know how I got that in my brain. That did not happen. That was ridiculous. Sorry. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy, <laughs> let's just put it this way, his ISO, so his isolated slugging is better than most guys, or better, it <laughs> is better right now than most guys will finish the year as in their batting average. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous. 312. And you're having a 300-plus ISO, and he did that in high A last year too, a 300-plus ISO. He's done that at a lot of levels. He beats the tar out of a baseball. He's also struck out 30%-plus at pretty much every level and so there's but he still had high batting averages oddly enough yeah yep i mean well i mean he hits the ball so stinking hard that he gets a lot of balls up and over the infield and gets that you know if he doesn't hit it just perfect because a lot of times he can hit it not perfect get it up and over the infield and drop it in front of an outfielder on an oopsie swing i mean because he's (laughs) got so much freaking raw power it's it's incredible to watch but how is he going to do when he, I mean, when he takes that next step to major league pitching is going to be very, very interesting. And I think, but one thing he brings that Christian Encarnacion Strand does not, if Ellie is not powering the ball out, he is an elite runner as well. He's not at O'Neill Cruz's level as far as an overall runner, but mm-hmm. he's still like a 60 runner, 70 runner in that range. So you're talking to a guy who could, go out and affect the game with his speed, even if he's not hitting the ball a ton. As long as he can get himself onto base, he's going to be a dangerous guy. Absolutely. And Anthony wants to know, back to the Orioles real quick, will they trade Austin Hayes and Anthony Santander to play Kirsten and Kowser? I don't know if they're going to do that. I think one of them might go, though, and I think a great trade partner for them would be the Cleveland Guardians. Who just demoted Oscar Gonzalez. Um, They need offense. They 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 definitely need some offense. They need outfield offense, especially. Yes, it's a perfect match. I'm telling you. Yeah. And it would be a really good fit. I mean, the the Guardians have a whole lot of depth as far as pitching. Yeah, it'd be a perfect fit. I don't know why the Guardians and the Cardinals didn't hook up over the offseason, but that's a whole nother. Well, you already explained it earlier in the show, didn't you? In a way, there's people are. There's a lot of fear. Afraid, you don't want to get burned. They're afraid to take that risk. But once a guy like Bibby comes up and has success or a guy like, I mean, Battenfield's even looked fine and he's supposed yes. to be a back end guy. But I mean, the moment that Gavin Williams comes up and has success, he's not available anymore. Mm-hmm. This is when you can get a guy like that. If you're talking with Cleveland, yeah, you're going to have to pay a premium to get him. But if he's kind of blocked right now, which you <laughs> kind of is not really i mean cal quantrill let's let's be honest but you have a little bit of blocking going on on a guy that's your best time to go and get him before he has that chance to come up to the majors and show it so damn skippy you're right about that all right quick speed round we really gotta go i've said that before uh (laughs) right now aj smith 
Shaver. You wanted to mention yeah. him, I believe. Yeah, Braves prospect, and you know, I didn't have a number one in the system to start the year, but he is showing that he is absolutely the most talented guy. He's picked up that slider from that Strider throws, and he's really excelling with it. He got moved up to Double A, and I believe he's nineteen. So young just got up to double a and we've seen it lately braves they get a guy he's doing well you've seen it with grissom you've seen it with harris you could see smith shaver potentially as a bullpen guy by the end of this year i don't think they'll use him as a starter but i mean if his arm is producing and he's showing out he could impact the major league club by the end of the year wow another braves pitcher good lord i mean <laughs> i've been here of this guy AJ. Is 20 years old officially six 20. foot three 200 pound righty playing at double a he turned 20 last november and early on 14 innings pitched at high a they liked it so they moved him up to double a and said let's see what you can do now so you're right it yeah. shows progress it shows that there's a belief in shaver but what about schuster and dodd i mean these guys have already been in the mix and had an opportunity to pitch for atlanta uh, it just seems like it's piecemeal opportunities come up they might slide in they might go back uh any way that they go into the bullpen at all this year either dylan dodd or jared schuster i don't see either one of them as bullpen guys similar like i never saw uh bryce elder as that type of a guy now bryce mm -hmm. elder has come up he had a he took his lumps a couple of times on call-ups last year and now he's established that he's he's a guy he's not going to really do a lot for us in fantasy because he doesn't get strikeouts yeah but you know, Elder is giving them length and he's keeping guys off the bases. That's all you really want out of a mid-rotation guy. Dodd and Schuster are kind of that back-end type of a guy. They, If they can come up and they can give them five solid, that's what the Braves want out of that. And Dodd's done it once, and I think Schuster's done it once out of combined, like, six starts. So they, they haven't been perfect, but they've shown enough to where you think they can maybe do that. Okay. The guy that they're definitely waiting on is Soroka, and there's some hints that he might get his first start on Sunday. My now, Soroka! I don't know if that's true or not, but... A lot of rumors. Yeah, I love Mike Soroka. There are a few guys in baseball that I love watching pitch more than Mike Soroka, because he's just, he's like a... He is as close to Maddox on the mound as we've had as far as outthinking the hitter. Wow, that's some heavy... Heavy talk well, from Benjamin James. Like I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm not comparing him by at all. Although oh. I will say his nickname is Maple Maddox because he's from Canada. Oh, so by the way, the Big Maple's going to debut this weekend too. Speaking of Maples, James Paxson. So, yeah, yeah, he's returning he's this weekend. Back and honest, he's back on an active <laughs> roster. I would love but, to see him thrive. I've ripped out James Paxson a lot. Yeah. I would love to see him thrive, but I really need to see it. I used to be a huge Paxton drafter, and he's just been a mess for years. So. Yeah, and. I, I was just looking this up because now I've seen that Soroka is still supposed to maybe pitch today, which would take him out of the mix for Sunday. But there was something from the Braves beat writer that he's being strongly considered for Sunday's start. So okay. I think if he misses this one, because this is what he's lined up for is today. So if he's not pitching today, it's very likely because he's getting in a throw session and then going up to the majors for Sunday. So keep an eye on that. Okay. I love it. Boy, that's awesome. Well, we covered so much ground today. I hope you guys learned a thing or two from the show because we doubled the amount of time. It's just so much, so exciting, Ben. There's so much going on, yeah. so much to talk there, about. 
when we don't get together for a week, the majors decide that they want to make sure we have a lot to talk about. So. Hell yeah, they do. And Anthony <laughs> says, Ben and Govier, do you guys think Jake Irvin is good? Or are they waiting for someone to replace him? Well, serviceable. Well, yeah. I mean, I he's not going to be nice to your ratios. He's a, he's a guy that he's he walks more than he should, and the ball is hitable, and that's a crappy <laughs> defense behind him. So. Aww. Normally, he could be a really good player. Um, speaking of guys who've come back, we're on the Nationals. Carter Kaboom got activated and sent down to the minors. Hey. It's been three years since you've seen him. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be anything, but, boy, it's kind of nice to at least see a guy like that get a, get back on the field. So, <laughs> Well, Ted is fired up. Uncle Ted says, great show. Go live more. Well, well, yeah, I mean, every week. <laughs> it's you know if, if we wanted to i'm sure we could we don't have to do a full show we could like hop on for 10 minutes live if we wanted to i, I don't know maybe maybe we'll do that not really anything out i mean you don't have to just commit to every time i go live it's got to be a whole ordeal you can we can do quickies maybe we will Who's, i don't know anything's possible uh, yeah. Kyle, <laughs> oh wow kyle hendricks returns next week Woohoo! Yeah, yippee! yeah oh god uh, also, Cade Horton, <laughs> speaking of the Cubs, Cade Horton is getting a lot of hype right now. People love watching him pitch. The Cade Horton hype train is brewing, but it's going to be a long while, of course, before Cade Horton is a relevant contributor to a major yeah. league roster. And they want to they want to make sure they see that he is a starter. He's elite. But you got to see if he's a starter. Yep. Oh, Britton Allen checking in saying great show. Thanks, Britton. Britton was on the show recently, a couple weeks ago. I'm going to have him back on, too. I love Britton. He's a great guy to talk to. Uncle Ted says Super Chats. Wow. Would you guys actually pay for Super I mean, Super Chats, if you don't know how they work, <laughs> you basically you pay five bucks to get your comment first to the line. That's not, I mean, it just feels weird. Like, we're, sure, yeah. we'd like to make a buck, but I don't know. Maybe that maybe we'll get that big one day where people want to get so close to you, Ben. They want to hear from you so directly about their very own question that they will pay five dollars just to hear your response to their question. My wife might pay five bucks for me to get less close to her, but you know that's a whole other <laughs> hey, issue. There it is. See, he's funny too, folks. Anthony says I'll pay for you to dance like it was PitchCon again. Oh yeah, that's right. I did my uh, oh, I did my skank. I was doing my skanking for my ska days a long time ago all right thanks so much everybody you guys rule it's been a fun show hopefully we covered ground i know we covered a ton of ground we'll be back next week and we're gonna are we gonna have that guest on soon we talked about is that uh in the works i i have reached out i haven't heard back i but i just reached out yesterday so okay. i just got to where i'm like three quarters through the book so i can be sure that if he were to say yes and i can be on next week then i would have the book finished but i it took me a bit to you know kids uh you don't always get reading time when you got kids so oh yeah but yeah I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to have him on and just talk about that but the other one that i reached that i hope we can get is maybe we can do start doing some draft talk with some of the better draft folks in the in the game well but that's right we're uh it's coming up getting close it's you're starting to see mocks everywhere, so oh, God. it's that time of year. <laughs> I have to rip if I rip yeah, I know, NFL I know. <laughs> mocks to shred. I have to rip MLB mocks to shred as well, unfortunately. Although, oh, yeah. oddly enough, I don't know why I feel this way, but for some reason, MLB mocks seem more <laughs> credible. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's just a weird intuition I have right now, but doesn't mean it's true. No, but 
if you get a mock from from Pipeline or from BA mm-hmm. or even from Perfect Game, those guys put out their mocks as well. They have significant contact with the teams. They know what a lot of these teams are thinking, at least as far as what idea they have as far as who they want to draft. Right. And the other end of things, you can't trade regular picks in the baseball draft. So someone who's drafting seventh is planning on someone who will be there at seventh and they don't have to make 16 different plans for, well, what if we trade back and then trade up and then trade back and then trade up and we end up with, you know, the 14th pick in the end of it all. Well, who's going to be there at 14? Well, that just makes a mess of trying to do NFL mocks because a team who needs a quarterback at seven moves back and picks a quarterback at 14. Well, you thought that that guy was going to be off the board. And so that screws up everybody else. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. You said it all, my friend. Good stuff here. We'll talk MLB draft. We're going to be helping you guys with your dynasty teams and your first year player drafts down the way. We got you covered. We love you guys. I'm MJ Govia on Twitter. He's big gentle Ben on Twitter. It's a plausible podcast. Two L's. Utah. Two Z's. Give me two. Make sure you follow the Discord. It's always in the description. And the Patreon. I do work there. Ben doesn't do any Patreon stuff, but I do. So if you want to hear some stuff about redraft, it starts for just three bucks. I do bonus episodes of the podcast as well. Exclusive bonus episodes on the Patreon. So if you want to get access to that. There you go. There's your short stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right there. Yeah, that's, I've been really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun just to do audio only and not worry about all the other stuff. I love going live, and I, I have no problem being on camera if you couldn't tell. But I do like the I like the audio. It, it takes me back to my radio days. It reminds me of listening to the radio when I was younger. But I got to go. I got to do another show for my Cinema 9 podcast. We're doing Princess Mononoke. Did you ever see that movie, Ben? Princess Mononoke? I don't think I have. It's from 1997. It's an anime movie. I'm not a huge anime guy. Okay. But... Yeah, see, but yeah. yeah, it's usually not my alley, so I probably haven't seen it, but... Well, if you want to know yeah. what I think about it, folks, tune in. Yeah. Cinema 9. I'll post that later. We're not live for that one. I'm going to record it, my friend Travis. Love you all. Thank you so much. Benjamin Chase, myself, 2Ls, 2Zs. Utah. Give me two. Godspeed, everybody. The power of prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of.